Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 20 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? I'm great, man. Nice. That's it. It's the first week of summer vacation and uh, oh, I'm, heck yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, it's really, really nice. You got, got your the summer mohawk going? Things are good. It didn't rain today, so that's huge for us Dude, in today the was today was beautiful. It was, it was foggy gorgeous. sort of throughout the afternoon, but once early evening hit, it was gorgeous out. I'm actually, I think as soon as we finish up with this recording, I am going to go walk up to the lake, and it's going to be great. Mm, sounds nice. It will be, I presume. But you know what else is going to be nice, Dave? It's talking about episode 20 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Test Drive, the Ultimate Famous Cars. Dave, would you like to know a bit of trivia about this before we get rolling? Sure. Of course I would. Okay. Now, uh, two, two small bits of information, of course, are that this episode was written by Yoshio Urasawa, and its nice. original air date was July 12th, 1996. Dave, this is the 1,000th episode of Super Sentai. No kidding. It seems like they would have made a bigger deal out of it. You know, it does seem like they would have done a thing. Um, it's a it's a cool episode, but like, guys, yeah, there's no you've been like doing a show for like decades. You hit episode one thousand overall. And, yeah, there wasn't uh, like a banner for the opening credits or like confetti or or anything. Like, nothing. There was literally nothing to mark that like right the the old... oh this is this huge milestone. The only reason I know it is because I was looking on the uh, the Wikipedia page to check who wrote the episode and what the air date was. But yeah, episode 1000 of Super Sentai. Wow. And honestly, episode like 250 or so of this show, uh, which, which means that we have watched, like, if you really think about it, we've watched about a quarter of what had been available up to this point. Which a, a, like, like of what would have existed. And also feels like nothing. Right. Yeah, wow. We really have. We've consumed a lot of Sentai over the years, Matt. Yeah. And it's all... Well, it hasn't all been good. I, I don't want to say that it, long, No, it's, it's definitely not all been good. But it's a lot of it has been good. And the parts of it that have been good, some of it has been like surprisingly good. Shockingly good sometimes. Like, but Dave, I, you know what else is good? I fully sorry, very like I fully expected. Oh no, it's this cool. I was going to transition into the five stars, but roll. Yeah, please. sorry. I just when we started watching these, or like when I started watching this, I fully expected it to be like fun and goofy and like have a good time watching it. I was not prepared for the depth of emotion that this show over the seasons was was going to make me feel. Um and I think that's probably yeah, why, I mean, why we I mean, keep doing this, week, this show. <laughs> like, why we keep doing this show, like, why it's still entertaining for me, is that, like, beyond the formulaic stuff, there's a lot of really excellent television going on in Super Sentai. Um, 
They're uh, unplumbed depths, my friend. Unplumbed depths. Well, are they? I mean, we've been doing this for five years, Matt. Are they unplumbed at this at this point? Partially plumbed. Partially, partially plumbed, plumbed depths. depths. That, but you know like that, we, that is a heck of a tongue twister. Yeah, you know what we haven't fully plumbed the depths of, Matt, is the five stars. Matt, what is our first star of the week? Dave, our first star of the week, man. Five years in, you're asking me the first star of the week. This is uh, I every once sort of in a while, like I got my like heels here. Every once in a while, I, I like to uh, switch it up. Well, the first star of the week, Dave, is actually something that we did together, which was very nice. Is that we went to the birthday party of our old friend Tim, and it was really nice. It was. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was so you good. Just talk about a nice time with pals. Oh man, that's it. It was great. So first of all, I got a chance. So Beth didn't go. She was like, I'll stay home with the kids and you go to the party. And my, I love my wife and I love my kids. And it was like, but because we have two and a half year old twins, we don't get a chance to like just get out and hang out a lot anymore. And uh, right. it was a real balm to the soul. Like it was excellent. And well, additionally, uh, uh, so Tim is the guy who used to run our Wednesday night Dungeons and Dragons game. And so there was a time where like the group of people who was at this party saw each other every week. But in the last couple of years, and by a period of kids, time, you know, that like, means life... like roughly a decade. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, but for the last couple of years, you know, like life happens, people have kids. And so we haven't seen each other as regularly, but this, like this weekend, we were all there hanging out and like everybody's kids had like, you know, either they were home with one of the, you know, spouses or there was a uh, babysitter. And so it was all just like, it really felt like old times hanging out with pals. It was wonderful. It was great. And I finally got a chance to play Azul. That game's great. I w- would like to get that game. I think, I think I got to get a copy of it. It's super good. Like, I know I'm not it's saying really anything new. Th- Azul is like the new Splendor. I would say it's got a very yeah, splendory feel to it. Yeah, I feel like it's in the same it. range. Yeah. And also, it is a game that had eluded you for about a year at this yeah, point. Yeah, right? weirdly. Uh, you got a copy of it, and you were like, great. And then, like, every time we got together to play it or to, like, do things, and it was being played, like, I was always doing something else. And so I never got a chance to play it. And so I, I did get a chance to play it, and I really liked it. It was the great... Well, it, <laughs> I love, listen, I love super complicated board games. Don't get me wrong. But I also love that style of board game where, like, you have to pay attention to it. But, like, you could also drink some beers and, like, you don't have to. It doesn't, like, consume your being, I think, is what I like about it. Right. uh, For the time that you're playing. So it's engaging, but not all consuming. I recommend it. I, I, it's good. It's it's very good for people who like who are like board game people, and it's also good for non board game people. Here is the problem with that. The problem with that is that uh, we played it with our parents, and our mom really likes Azul, and she got a cop like our parents got a copy, and they have been playing it. And now I am worried that the next time I try to play, this she's going to destroy mom, she's just you. Going to, oh, she's going to crush me. Yeah. yeah. It's not even now. Well, she only knows about it because it's my game, or I got it first. But now, like, now it is kind of her game that I happen to have a copy Yeah, of. I was going to say, she definitely, yeah, she's going to just, you, me, it's not even going to be a contest. Like, we're going to play with her, but uh, but we won't be playing the same game, I don't think. So, Dave, what is our second star of the week? 
So our second star of the week is a change that has happened in my household over the last uh, two weeks is we have a new foster kid in. And uh, I can't say a lot about her because I'm legally prohibited sure. from doing so. Um, that's the nature of the thing. This is That's how it works. But uh, what I can say is that she is a teenager and she is, uh, she is an immigrant. She's an immigrant from Africa. And so... All right. Yeah. She's fantastic. Like, she's an amazing kid. Like, she's super, super cool. And uh, there have been, like, some, some, like, kind of wild changes in my household. So, like, first of all, she loves to cook. And so... Awesome. Yeah. It's great. And she's a very good cook, which is cool. She's like, oh, like, I'll, like, I'll help cook. Like, that's a thing I can do. Awesome. Go for it. Like, knock yourself out. Make yourself at home. And, um, but of course she cooks, she cooks African food. And so I've been eating a lot of like, like plantains <laughs> and oxtails and stuff. It's great. It's delicious Where food. Where do you even find oxtails? Oh yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's tough to go wrong with good oxtail. But, uh, so I've been eating a lot of African food, which is great. And, uh, also she had asked, she's like, oh, like, do you have, like, do you have YouTube? Like, can I get on YouTube and watch stuff? And I was like, yeah, of course I have YouTube. Go ahead. And so, uh, I just... She's just watching it on the Xbox. And so she's using, like, my my YouTube account that is set up on the Xbox. Oh, okay. And so... The, I, I think I see where this is yeah, going. Yeah, so the only weird thing about it is is that it is really messing with the algorithm that decides, like, what you might <laughs> want to watch. So now the algorithm's like, it's okay, so you like... You like, like, woodworking... And Saturday Night Live sometimes, and like Nollywood soap dramas. Uh, dude, I, I feel like I didn't even catch all of those words. What? Oh, so sorry. Nollywood. Nollywood is like Bollywood or Tollywood. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, so, anyways, if this isn't a thing you know, let me tell you a really fun thing. Um, any place where you make movies, like in quantity. You just knock off the H off of Hollywood and you substitute the first letter of wherever you're from. So like... Okay, because yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Bollywood. Yeah, so there's Bollywood. There's Tollywood, which is movies made in Tamil. Uh, there's Nollywood, which is movie made in Nigeria. I assume it just goes everywhere. Like Russia, Rollywood. Belarus, I guess that would be Bollywood again. Bollywood again, and that's getting confusing, sure. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Be- belly, Bellywood? I don't know. Anyways, you just, yeah, that's what you do. And so uh, these movies are incredible. Like, incredible. Like, I feel like we should maybe do, like, a special episode at, at some point. We've got to, we should keep a list of all the things we say we're going to do special episodes about. So here's the first well, great I thing about I know for them. a long time you, you had tried to get us to do a side project that was, uh, was it Bollywood and Vine? Yes, I would. I still would like to do an episode of Bollywood and Vine. Uh, I, we also, we got to do the Urkel cast. There's got to be a better name for that. And then we should do something about Nollywood. I guess we could just do Nollywood and Vine. So here's, the, uh, this is awesome. So these movies are made, I think they might genuinely knock out a filming of one of these movies in like a day, maybe two. They okay. are shot. They are shot, as far as I can tell, on like like high quality camcorders, or at this point, maybe like a GoPro, right? Or like an or iPhone with a bunch of attachments, which is a really good camera, to be fair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's you know, um, and they're they're all like they're about an hour and a half long, and they are shot. 
I, I think just in like the producer's house. Like it's not like a, I mean, it's a set in the sense that they're doing movies there, but this is not a set in the sense of like, they've gone someplace and constructed something. They're just like, whose house is free? Steve's great. We'll shoot there. Um, okay. And the title, <laughs> the titles are, they're very Sentai-esque in that the titles are all like, the titles are like a full sentence long and they tell you exactly what the movie is about. So the title of one of them is like, <laughs> okay, sorry. Let me just, um, I'm just going to pull it up on YouTube. So here's a couple. Uh, this one is called, quote, this true life story will melt your heart, but make you smile. This okay. one is, how do I tell my sister I am pregnant for her husband? Oh, no. Let's see. Uh, true story of a water girl who met a true prince at the river. A true prince? Yeah. She walked out on me that I am too old and poor for her, but now I'm a rich man. <laughs> like, uh-huh. uh, there's one that I remember, like, I never knew he was the lost prince until he invited me into his house. Um yeah, they're all and like they're they're all like this. They're amazing. Um, that's that's wonderful. I watched one. She said they're just as good as you think. And then the other thing is, there will be like they do like like series series of movies where like each one's like an hour and a half. But like in a sense, it is like one six hour movie as opposed to four hour and a half installments. Um, yeah, so it's just <laughs> so a lot of African food. And uh, and I am I'm learning a lot about about Nollywood Lost movies. Princes apparently <laughs> yeah. Um, so what Matt is our second star of the week? Dave, our second star of the week is uh, I, I think I mentioned last week that I have recently begun playing a uh, Conan the Barbarian tabletop game. You have yes, it is extremely good. Uh, the system is fun. The game is fun. Uh, our buddy Josh is running it. Um, Actually, we we stayed up after Tim's birthday party. Josh and I just went to Denny's and stayed up until like 2.30 in the morning talking about Conan the Barbarian and World War II. Oh, man. That sounds like a good one. It was extremely good. Anyway, this Conan the Barbarian Yeah, I'm more interested in Conan than World War II, but... I mean, listen, those are are both deep loves of mine. Um, So, this Conan game, the thing about it is that we are playing on Roll20. Like, we're not all getting Great. together at a house because there's somebody who plays the game that is not able to be there in person. So we're doing ah, it remotely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Makes sense. to do this, uh, instead of using the uh, the voice client on Roll20, because that's a little uh, not great. Yeah, it's not great. We are instead, like, using Roll20 for the, the game mechanic stuff, but we're all talking on Discord instead. The Discord is, okay. instead of going to the website, I'm running the app on my phone. So here's what this means. Is that for like a couple of hours on Tuesdays, I'm just on a phone call on my phone and I'm playing the game, but like I'm not constantly needing to be at my computer. And so I can sort of roam because my phone's in my pocket and I'm just sort of, you know, bopping around the apartment. Yeah, cool. And man, I will tell you what, I have not like dusted and swept my apartment as regularly in ages because like i'm not watching a movie and i'm not listening to a podcast and i'm just like part of this conversation and playing a game but i'm also just kind of like standing there staring at my computer i'm like man just sort of looking around 
You probably get out the Swiffer. I got a lot of dust. Yeah, did not so notice. It's, it's been really fun. For, it's been really fun as a game, and it's also been a nice sort of positive uh, move in my uh, my my weekly chores because I'm actually getting some of that stuff done. Man, like, and, and sometimes like I'll just mute my microphone and like go in and do a couple of dishes, clean my bathroom window. Like, as long as I can hear what they're doing over the sound of what I'm doing, like, everything's cool. So Tuesday has become <laughs> my, like, Conan the Barbarian and domestic tidiness evening. And it's pretty good, honestly. Highly recommend. <laughs> Highly recommend both. No, listen, dude, that is, uh, that's next level. That's some next level... You're crushing it. You're crushing it. You you know what, Matt? You aren't crushing it, but I feel like you also really got into gear. I got into gear, man. Shifted into turpo. <laughs> <laughs> that is from a different show that is related to this one. Uh, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. I'm just really uh, pleased about it. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? Oh, fourth star of the week is uh, Playgrounds. But let me just say, quick shout out. I have been... It's summertime, so I have a little more podcast time now, uh-huh. and so I have been going back and listening to uh, Ranger Danger and Morphin' Grid, the Turbo, their Turbo series, mm-hmm. and I am genuinely astonished at how little resemblance it bears <laughs> to Car oh, Picture. It's shocking. I know. It, I know we don't talk about this a lot, but the difference between the the at least in that era of Power Rangers, the difference between the Power Rangers and the Sentai is like night and day. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, our fourth, star, our fourth star of the week is Playgrounds. And here's the... Because right before this, before bedtime, we took the kids to a playground to an excellent playground. Okay, now what and, made this playground well, so excellent? Well, okay, there's a handful of things. First of all, great equipment. Second of all, it's like semi-secluded. Here's the third thing. The entire playground is enclosed. Oh. Like, there's a fence. There's a, it's not like you don't have to like pay to get in or anything. It's not like a gated community. But, but there, there is, is just gate. like a big, but there is a gate and there is a big fence around this playground. So there is not like. They just can't get away, right? So you can kind of let them go, and it's great. And it's also just like a very nice playground. And I was, Beth and I were talking on the way back, and I was like, that was an, because she had told me about it. Like, we had a conversation about this playground. <laughs> uh-huh. She's like, you're not going to believe how great this playground is. So we go, and on the way back, I'm like, that was an amazing playground. And we're like enumerating the various qualities of this playground and comparing it to other playgrounds. And I just realized the weirdness of my life now that I am a 36 year old dude and I've looped back to having like very definite opinions about playgrounds. Oh yeah. Cause like, I remember when I was, when I was a youth, I had very strong opinions about playgrounds. Uh, but oh I have yeah. Not, like I have this playground rules that in some time. Right. <laughs> You're like this playground rules. That playground sucks. And I think my criteria are are different obviously at this point. Like the playground we grew up at, like the big North Olmstead one, it's terrible. I would never take the kids there. It's just like a giant field. And, they, and it's like it's surrounded by three major roads. Terrible playground. At least for for kids of my age. This playground we took them to, quiet, secluded, totally fenced in. 
that's a baller playground. And uh, I just like I stopped and I listened. I like re. You ever do this? Like you stop and you sort of like replay the conversation that you just had back to yourself in your head. It's like a little movie. Uh huh. And I just started laughing. Like I, j- it was so. It was such like a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> and we were we're like, no, this can't go to that playground over there. That playground's terrible. And you're like, well, you can't go to this playground. And that's really nice, but it's in like a really swank part of town. And like when we go, like we're definitely the poorest people there. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I feel like fine. what you need to do is you need to have this, like you need to find a situation, which it is not weird to have this conversation with an eight-year-old so that you can talk about what you love about playgrounds and they can tell you what they love about playgrounds and you can sort of compare and contrast. Yeah, see, I would be, I would be a good part of like a focus group for this. That's what anybody who needs a playground focus group, you let me know. I'm your guy. Uh, I should be on all sorts of focus group. I have amazing opinions. Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Dave, our fifth star of the week is that the other day I remembered, and this is not something that I like forgot, forgot, but had not spent any sort of active brain cells thinking about recently. I remembered that I love juggling. Oh, yeah. Here's my opinion on juggling. It's great. Yeah. Rules. Juggling rules. Uh, juggling is the thing that I learned how to do in, like, junior high and high school instead of learning how to play guitar. Like, you... Mm. you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like everyone in that time of their life can learn, like, one thing that takes about that much time and effort to get good at. And I chose juggling. And I'm not going to say that that was the right or wrong call. It certainly doesn't impress girls. But it is fun. Um, hey, listen. Uh, maybe you are just. I got a. I got a counterpoint, Matt. Maybe you just need to hang out with girls that are impressed by juggling. Uh, maybe I'll tell you what. I'm turning 35 in August. Haven't met a lot of them though. Is the thing. Wow. Well, <laughs> I tell you, I, my wife thinks juggling is cool. So I got okay. that one locked down. Yeah. Well, again, maybe we're in a different focus group here. Anyway, so. I was like, man, you know what I loved is juggling. But all of my old juggling equipment is either lost or, like, in bad condition, right? Because I haven't sort of actively pursued it in a long time. So, like... Right. I had I used to have a set of nice bean bags. Uh, those are kind of disintegrating. Because I bought them it's, in you know, France. Happens, right? And I lived in France in 2006. Um, I bought them at a place called Balshazar. It was very cool. Um, so I got to get a new pair of bean bags. But that is actually not the thing that I have purchased most recently, Dave. Dave. Okay. I got myself a new Diablo. Giant Koosh balls. What? No, I got myself a new Diablo. Oh, no kidding! Love the Diablo. I don't think of Dia- the Diablo is juggling precisely. It's juggling adjacent. It is. Definitely it's juggling like- adjacent. It is it's a like thing circus that you buy to basically. throw in the air and then catch again. Right. And I think that all counts. Yes. Here is what I did not realize, Dave, is that Diablo okay. technology has advanced. Okay. Like, so, okay. Uh, if you, the listener, do not know what we are talking about and think that I am talking about a video game from Blizzard, uh, the Diablo is... Imagine a butterfly yo-yo, but like fatter and made out of rubber and okay. like pretty, yeah that's pretty 
and like pretty big, but it's not actually attached to the string. The string instead is suspended between two sticks and you like hold the two sticks and have the spinning yo-yo thing on the string and you like manipulate it and toss it around and do tricks with it. Right. Do, do you think that's a pretty yeah, good Yeah, I think that's, that it seems pretty good. So I, I bought a new one. I, I just like hopped on the internet and purchased one. And then while I was waiting for it to arrive, I'm like, man, I wonder if I got the right one. So I was doing Googling and they're like, okay, here's the deal about the Diablo. I, I found a website that was telling me all about it. And the website said, okay, back in the 90s, Diablos used to be like this, but we don't do that anymore. Like, okay. it used to be that the sticks that, like, the string was strung between were, like, longer and wooden. But now they're, like, these short carbon fiber light strings. And, like, the old ones, you cannot perform modern Diablo tricks on those old Diablos. It does not work. <laughs> no way. And I was like, what is a modern Diablo trick? I don't know. Uh, and also, I accidentally bought a Diablo that has... Like a, it's got ball, it's got ball bearings in it, Dave. It's now, got wait. ball bearings in it. Did you? Okay, so did you make an error? Did you buy a Diablo that was like far beyond your skill level? Uh, Dave, I one hundred percent bought a Diablo that is beyond my skill level. Like, like not only are there things that I don't know how to do with this thing, but the things that I used to be able to do, like, just don't work on this fancy new Diablo. Because like the you, thing is, like you're out, the, you're outmoded, old man. You don't the know the ad, new. <laughs> I don't know the modern Diablo tricks. I'm still stuck in the 20th century, man. I bought a 21st century Diablo, and I don't know how to operate it. David only spins one way. The, like what? the ball bearings lock it one way, so that like you like basically like the way that the ball bearings are set up, the Diablo can only like the axle will only rotate one way otherwise the axle locks which means that you can get a lot more speed because it like won't like the axle won't counter spin when you like move the left stick so wow. it gets okay. a lot, now, lot, lot faster so you can do more tricks with it but i will nerd out about this spin, a little bit like yeah the axle that's a great idea it's an amazing idea but the axle spins independently from the rest of it so that there are some tricks that I used to be able to do where you would sort of like get the axle of the Diablo sort of caught between the strings and it would like climb up the string. Yeah, it would like ride the you, string up and stuff. Yeah, you can't do and it that just anymore doesn't... because because <laughs> the axle doesn't like it, it's decoupled from this spin. Like it doesn't interact with it in the same way. And I'm okay. trying to use this thing and it's completely blowing my mind. I'm creating an entire fiction around this where, like, you show up to, like, a Diablo meet. <laughs> These, like, young hot rodder Di Diablerists? <laughs> that can't be right. Are looking... <laughs> they've consumed the blood of an elder vampire and they really like Chinese juggling toys. They yes. look at you... Like, they look at you as, like, a mid-30s guy and they look at this new Diablo you've got and and they just, like, smirk at you and look, <laughs> it's just like, like yeah, I don't, think, on, you, I don't think you can... Right, you can't handle Can you power, even handle man. that sort of power? 
and then and they like what and there's like one old guy like standing you're on the beach i think and there's like one old guy who like rolls over and he's got like a diablo from the 90s and he's like these young punks like they don't even they don't know the real history they don't know how we used to do it come on but then he's doing cool stuff and I'm totally out of practice and like it's way too much like torque for me and I just can't make the moves work anymore and the sticks are too short so I can't do the bit where like you whip it around the stick and get a stay on it as it sort of like flips around because I don't I can't range in where the sticks are anymore. Right, right. Well, I mean, of course, by the end of the movie, you have fused old style and new style into a new there's like a montage where you like invent a third like hybrid diablo Show i think the new way <laughs> yeah exactly um uh, this anyway, is all amazing I, I, I would watch this movie uh speaking of going to the beach and doing it i might this summer become like that dork at like the beach or the park like hanging out and juggling by myself i don't know I don't know if okay, I'm comfortable listen. with that, but Here's also, the... I don't know if I'm not comfortable with that. Well, also, Matt, frankly, your ceilings are not high enough. They're not. You gotta have a high ceiling to do those throws. Yeah, we were very lucky as kids. Our house had a cathedral ceiling. It was like 20 feet tall. You could really... But uh, even with 10-foot ceilings, you can't really do it. I think you have to be a Beach Diablo guy, Matt. Man, and you know dude, what? Okay. Well, well, welcome and to listen. the summer of Matt being a beach juggler. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if a lady rolls up and is just like, nice juggling, you'll know you're in. <laughs> or I will know to run away. I'm not sure exactly how I have that uh, have that range. Well, you know, that. you got to play it by ear. Yeah. Anyway, Dave, this has all been a delight to talk about. But what else will be a delight to talk about is episode 20, where they will test drive the ultimate famous cars. We're going to take a break. We're going to watch it. We... We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We have just watched episode 20, Test Drive, The Ultimate Famous Cars. Dave, how do you feel about these famous cars? This is a very, very good episode, and it leaves me with uh, a lot of just burning questions. Um, I, I, I am excited to get to those questions, Dave. What do you I mean, mostly about Kyosuke. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's so, let's hop in. So speak speaking of Kyosuke, uh the, the the beginning of this episode, everyone else is at work except Kyosuke, who is mysteriously absent. Young. And they're sort of wondering where he is. And Naoki is like he's like he's drawing some stuff. He's like, Man, okay, this is weird, and I've gotta tell you guys about this. And then we get like a flashback thing where we're like we're seeing what Naoki is. And he is watching Kyosuke drive like pedal go-karts. Yeah, not even like a regular go-kart. Like a like a child's go-kart that you have to pedal with your feet. Yeah. And, and when and I not, see a child's like an, go-kart, I, I want to like be with clear children. Yeah, like he is on a track. He is the only adult on the track. Everyone else doing this is a child. Yeah. He's and so taking Naoki, it very like, seriously. Now he sees him and stops him. And it's like, what? A, a, what are you doing? B, aren't you supposed to be at work? And Kyosuke says, this is test driver training. Like, he like sputters and he's like, no, this is important. Like, this is a part of my training. 
I need it for my work. Yeah. And then everyone is like, so we're Becca Pegasus Studios, and everyone's like, that's weird. And now he's like, just so we're clear, does Kiyosuke really, does he know how to do this? Is, is he good at his job? Now, like, part he's of this a, is, is dumb, right? Because He's our test he, driver. Like, on top but, of him being, like, the, the test driver for Pegasus, he's also the Red Racer. They've seen him drive cool. But yeah, I don't know. maybe maybe the 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 theory behind this is that like, well, when he's the red racer, he is channeling car magic, which makes him a better driver. So maybe he himself, like, he's good as the red racer, but as Kyosuke, he's kind of a bad driver, and he's been lying to us the whole time. Well, that's the thing. I think that makes a lot of sense because the rest of the car rangers are like. You know, Yuko's a, she's the accountant or whatever. Like, none of the rest of them are particularly, like, driving-oriented. But as the rangers, they're very good drivers. Right. And so, and then there's, like, like nobody speaks up with firm affirmation. Like, oh, no, Kyosuke's an amazing driver. Like, I have seen him do X or Y or Z. Like, it does not take much to topple their faith in Kyosuke, which in turn, it doesn't take much to topple my faith in Kyosuke. Like, I just assumed that he's, like, this amazing driver. And then everyone's like, I mean, we all did too, but but is he? Well, because also, there's another flashback. And Naoki is at an arcade with Kyosuke. And they're, like, playing Cruising USA or something, right? Like, some sort of, like, arcade driving game. And Kyosuke loses. And then Naoki Ten says... Ten times. Thirteen times. Thirteen times. Noki's like, yeah, not only did I beat him, I beat him thirteen times in a row. Guys, Kyosuke might be a really bad driver. In fact, Minoru says... He's just like, oh yeah, I thought it was weird, but like... And I don't know what like the details of it are, but there's like a tree and there's like um, prayer strips hanging from it. I assume there's like a festival. Uh, there is actually the the festival that is being referenced here. Actually, we get a fair bit of it throughout this episode. Once oh, I do it up. we? Uh, it is called Tanabata. Okay. Uh, oh, that's it, right. And it is uh, the the Star Festival. And like, there's a whole thing where there are like these two deities represented by the, these two stars. And at a time of year when those two stars are in alignment, there is this festival where like you go out and you tie your wishes to a tree. To like, you know, yeah, do a um, thing, and so they're like, so Min was like, oh yeah, I thought it was weird because I saw his his wish, and his wish was, please make me a great driver, right? Which is okay. So like, this seems to, I feel like maybe Kyosuke isn't actually a very good driver because like, if it were everybody else, it'd be like, oh, that's just a weird thing. But Kyosuke himself. <laughs> It's like, has this wish. I think yeah. he maybe just snowed everybody. Or maybe maybe he's just feeling like, if we're being generous to Kiyosuke, maybe he is a great test driver, but he sees everyone else being so good at being car rangers, and he's feeling a little self-conscious that they're, like, encroaching on his territory. Okay, maybe that would be it. So Kiyosuke shows up, yeah. and he's got, like, a... He's got like a helmet, like a driving helmet and a, a suit on. And and he walks in and everyone's like looking at him weird. 
He's like, what are you guys doing? And then they all advance on him in a really threatening way. I'm pretty sure Minoru barks at him. Minoru does bark at him like a dog. Yes, he does. <laughs> they just like chase him out of Pegasus. There's no resolution to this. They just chase him out of Pegasus motors. Minoru is holding the tree with the wishes tied to it, like chasing him with it like a weapon. <laughs> so we can... We go from there to um, the BB Saloon. Well, not the BB Saloon. We go to Barbarian. Sorry. And uh, Instructor Richie Hiker like walks into this bathroom, and it's the weirdest bathroom I've ever seen. It's huge. Be- it's circular. The toilet is in the middle of the in room. The dead center of the room, and there's nothing else in it. No sink, notably. I, I don't... Th- I couldn't... I'm not like a nerd. Listen, TMI for a moment. Feel free to hop forward for 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this. I'm not like a private pooper. You know, some people are like, I can only poop at home. That's not a problem for me. I do feel like I would have trouble pooping in the round. Right. I I feel like I at least need my back to the wall. I think that's it. I need my back to the wall just in case, like, I don't know. I, I, it's like an old west situation, right? You don't want it, someone sneaking up on you, right? But like, I, I mean, need, for I, a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons. Although I guess if you were to be really, really surprised, already being on the can would be a good place to do it. We don't need to get too deep into this. I don't think, Dave. Anyways, so he's like, he's so okay. So Instructor Richard Hiker's in this really weird bathroom, and he is reading. He's reading this legend, and the legend, it sounds like it's basically this Tanabata story, or the Tanabata festival story, but adjusted for a universe in which car magic is real. So the deal is, is that there are these two wild cars, like these, like wild stallions, but like wild cars, and they drive around in space. Right. It's like if Shadow Facts was a Jeep. Like, that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, but there was like a Shadow fax and a shadow fix and uh they like all they wanted to do was like race and race and race and like people like try to ride them and they can't and then like they're also like maybe dangerous a little bit because like they're so untamable and so somebody prays uh, to God it's, it, is what it, it is. The t- it is the two like deities of the uh, Tanabata. Oh, that's festival. right. The two deities of the Tanabata festival. They're like we get like one chance a year to be together, and these cars are driving around and they're really messing it up for us. Could you please handle this? And so uh, the two cars are sealed inside of an asteroid. Uh, and there's yes. a great visual where it's just like two toy cars, and then like. Two very clearly just like cut in half pieces of a foam asteroid just like close around them. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the cars is a Pegasus. It has like the, it's not a Pegasus, it's a car. Right. But it has like the has aura the, it, yeah, it, of a it Pegasus. Has the, it, it has big Pegasus energy. Yeah. And then the other one is a dragon. So it's a Pegasus. Yeah, that, it's like that, a Pegasus Jeep and uh, like a dragon sports car. Uh, you, uh, flip that, but yes. Oh, did it? Okay, got it. Got it, got it, got it. And uh, so then they're sealed in an asteroid, and then and then that's the story. Yeah. And then, so what, uh, we, we, we are pulled out of this uh, fantasy moment by a knock at the door. And what we realize now is that this is not just any bathroom. 
this is President Gynamo's private bathroom that instructor Richie Hiker has like snuck into. Now and President this Dynamo does, It does is make the layout make a lot more sense. To get in. Uh yeah, he super needs to pee. And like Instructor Richie Hiker is trying to talk to him. He's like, I've got an idea, like about these things. And President Gynamo keeps cutting him off. He's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all very cool. I very much need to pee. Like, honestly, do whatever you want. Just get out of this room right now. This is my bathroom, and I need it immediately. uh, Now, I was going to say, the layout of the bathroom does make a lot more sense once you know that it is President Gynamo's bathroom because he has an enormous head. That's true. Yeah, if if I had his weird, like, clunky body, I might also need a, a totally bizarre bathroom to use. So, uh, Richie Hiker leaves the bathroom. President Gadamer is running in. And Richie Hiker says, hey, um, so I'm definitely doing this. This is my new plan to beat the Car Rangers. Because you know I'm always researching new ways to do it. Who do you think I should enlist? And President Gadamer says, honestly, I need to leave this conversation immediately. I do not care. Just take uh, WW Warecho. Like, he's, yeah, like, take that dude. It's fine. Yeah. Now, so this turns out to be extremely advantageous. Yeah, because WW Waricho is their best miner. He's got a great w. look. W. He's like a super good look. Yeah, he's got like a he's a cool bird man with like a rad jetpack. It might be the exact same jetpack as um oh what's his name? The Weasel dude with the jetpack from Cocky Ranger. Uh oh uh Kamitanchi. It yeah. might be... It's a jetpack that has wings. So he's flying around this asteroid belt, and I think the thing that makes him the greatest miner of all the Bozok is that he has some sort of, like, goggles or something where he can look at an asteroid and it immediately scans it and says, oh, there's either something in this or there is nothing in this, which would have been super helpful when I was playing Mass Effect. Yeah, I man, I just don't know why anyone ever thought that that was like a fun element of that game. So he's looking around, he's looking because like he's looking for this, he's looking for one specific asteroid in I would assume the universe. Yeah, and it's not even like he knows what it looks like. He just knows right. that there is an asteroid that he's looking for. Now, when they say he's their best miner, I wonder if he just has like. It's not necessarily like mining skill, but if there's like like a mining luck stat where like you just are really good at happening across, you know what I mean? Like when they roll the random encounter, like you've got a really good modifier for it uh-huh. because he lands on an asteroid and he's like, huh, there seem to be a lot of like Japanese spirit seals on this, on this asteroid. Eh, I'm sure it's nothing. Uh, and then he like, he accidentally like knocks part of it off, and of course, you know this. It's the asteroid, right? So the asteroid breaks in half. The two cars like pop out and like fly down to Earth, because of course, where else would they go? Now down on Earth, Kyosuke and Naoki are uh, on a on an errand. Kyosuke has been tasked with throwing away the wish tree because, I I don't know, I guess he has, like, defiled it with his stupid wish. 
And so he's being, like, he is responsible for doing it. Naoki is just there because Kyosuke said, hey, I'm doing this. You have to come with me. And Naoki has no idea how he got talked into doing this. And he's not happy about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not really, it's not really clear. Um, so they I have mean, like this is, little it argument. It's clear to me, the watcher of the episode, why he's there. Because right, it's, yeah. it's because we needed the Blue Ranger to be there. Um, oh, I do. Uh, he is wearing a snap-on shirt, which I thought was a fun touch. Mm-hmm. And uh, snap-on is a brand of, of mechanics tools. And, uh, and Kyosuke is, like, defending his skills. He's like, no, dude. Like, I am the test driver. Like, I'm the guy. Like, like no. Like, I really am good at this. If you really saw my driving skills, it would astonish you. Yeah, like you would not, you would literally not even be able to handle it. It's like, come on, man. Who who really, who would try to learn how to be a test driver by doing go-karts? And Naoki just like stops and points at him like, you, you would do it. You would do it. You did it it today. I saw you do it. And Kosuke's like, yeah, no, no, no. That was just an excuse I was using to cut work. That had nothing to do with anything. Like, also, I just, you know, I just like go-karts, whatever. So, uh, the cars land, of course, right next to them. And then um, W.W. Richo uh, lands right right behind them. So, uh, the cars look cool. Like I said, there's, like, a red sports car. It's very convenient. They're color-coded. Uh, there's a red sports car and, like, a blue SUV, Jeepish yeah, like Jeep. sort of. I would, I would call it more yeah. of a Jeep. And um, the cars are going crazy. Like, they're driving around, and they're just, they're being wild, right? Yeah. Uh, they, like, you, you see, like, the images of, like, the Pegasus and the dragon, like, shadowed over them as they're driving. And what's uh, cool is that the images of the Pegasus and the dragon are the sort of thing that you would see painted on the side of the van. Like I was just about to say that. Yeah, like, it's like some rad airbrush. Yeah, like they are they they do not have a rare rad airbrush on them. They are themselves the embodiment of those rad airbrushings. So I think what we can take away from this episode, Matt, is that if you had like a rad peg like those cool airbrushes are a lot closer to the spirit of the real thing than I, I think I would have previously given them credit for. Man, that's car magic, baby. That is car magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if the car rangers are doing like awakened car magic, uh-huh. right? If you are just like a dude, is that like he- with like a Pegasus painted on your van? Is that like hedge magic? Like oh, you're, yeah, not, dude, you're just going through the motions, and it does something, but it's it not does all the something. Way there. You're not really keyed in to the car magic, but like you recognize something in the power of painting a Pegasus on the side of your your kicking van. Dude, um, don't, we need to stop talking about this, or I will get a Pegasus painted on the hood of my station wagon. Man, I don't listen. Aside from monetary concerns, because like I'm sure it's expensive to get like really quality air. I don't know why you haven't already. Well, you know, I drive that car to work. I don't want to have that conversation. Or do you? Listen, Matt. Maybe this is okay. my opportunity to get. Here's all to I'm gonna, Matt. Magic. Here's a, Matt. Here's all I'm gonna say. Here's all I'm gonna say. This episode is about twenty years old, and I know that you work. For a company that is owned by a larger Japanese firm. So what I'm presenting to you is a scenario in which, like, 
the 36, 37-year-old, you know, boss comes in from Japan, visits your place of work. Now, I think for this to work, you have to get the exact image from the right. show. It, can, it can't just be a Pegasus. It needs to it, be Yeah, it has to be this, this one. Preferably both, maybe on like either side or something. He sees the car, recognizes a kindred soul and says, get me the man who owns that car. He needs to be president of the company. I'm not saying it will happen, but I am saying it could happen and it won't unless you get a sweet <laughs> airbrush Pegasus on your car. Now, Dave, here, here's the problem with this theory is that I've already established that I might become a juggling in the park guy. And Dave, you can be a juggling in the park guy or you can be a Pegasus on your station wagon guy. You cannot be both guys. It is well, forbidden. Matt, I think you just need to decide if you want to focus on your love life or your career. <laughs> And that's, listen, that's a choice that only you can make, but I, you know, you, you should make it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> the, the cars, like somehow the cars are like, they see Kyosuke's prayer. Like, obviously like they don't have eyes, but they make it, the show makes it clear that they have like observed this. And oh, Kyosuke Dave, sees boy, this. We're, we're, we're going to talk about this. I think these cars have eyes and those well, eyes okay, are the sorry. They do not have literal eyes. They clearly are like seeing through their headlights, and but the show makes it clear that that's what is happening, and that they are seeing this. Uh, you know, they see Kyosuke's prayer, and oh boy, boy, oh boy, does Kyosuke want to drive these cars real, oh, real bad? Man, he needs it. He needs to prove himself, Dave. Yeah. So, um, but obviously, everybody wants to drive these cars. Like this is the point. So the Bozoke land also. And they're like, listen, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to ride those cars. Just capture them and, like, disassemble them. Right. And we we'll like- either, like, figure out what makes them tick or we will, like, rebuild them with Bozoke energy or, or whatever. But the point is, get the cars and, and destroy them for our nefarious purposes. Right. Kyosuke and Naoki are furious at this. And they're like, no, you can't do this. You don't love cars the way that we do. We're going to drive these cars. To which um, Zomoda says, how could you ordinary citizens possibly handle these cars? Because they still don't know that these are the car rangers. And I love that every time they see them, they specifically refer to them as ordinary citizens. It's Uh, extraordinarily fun. It's amazing. So uh, they do capture the blue car off the bat and Noki with it. Yeah. Uh, they just have like a giant net and they like capture capture it. And then they just like, they basically just teleport. Well, they're, they're, also, they're almost going to capture the red car, but the red car has a laser on it and it shoots them. And they're like, okay, it is time for us to leave. We got one. Oh, that's We'll right. circle around for the other one. It's fine. And so Kyosuke is like, listen, car, like, I'm going to drive you and like, we're going to go rescue like my friend and your friend. Like, let's do it. And what follows is basically a Bronco busting scene. Right. Like Kyosuke zips up his like driver onesie. That's not what they're called. His like jumpsuit that his like sort of half zipped and tied around his waist. He puts his helmet back on. He tries to get in the car, but the car is like driving away and like hitting him with the door as he's trying to get in it. 
he does manage to get in, and the car is just driving directly towards a building. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, so at first, Kosuke's like, dude, what are you planning on doing? And then he's like, wait a minute. Never mind. Like, you can't, like, you can't, like, out daring car me. Let's do it. And he I am, just... I am Kosuke, the test driver. I'm going to right. do this. And he just, like, jams on the gas and goes even faster. And, I like, in this moment, I, the car is like, ah, you are, like, you're as crazy as I am, basically. <laughs> you are worthy to ride me or drive me? You're yeah. worthy to drive me. And then rather than hitting the wall, uh, it goes, like, full-on Matt Tracker, like, mask car and just, Dave, like, that turns... Is in my notes. Yeah, I assume you, like, capital M, capital A, capital S, capital K, right? You did it. One at, well, yeah, you know. yeah, the mobile, the mobile Armored Strike Command. Yeah, the Mobile Armored Strike Command. So, it just straight up turns into a car. So, there's a handful of things that are amazing about this. First of all... It was already all, a car. It turns into a flying car. It turns into a plane. turns into a plane car. Uh, so, first, it's like Mask, which is awesome. Second of all... Uh, because it's got like a big jet engine, which I didn't notice on the back of it, it's very, it's got a real uh, Rodimus Prime look to uh-huh, it, uh-huh. which I dig. And then also, why did it not look like this in space? Well, Dave, in space, you don't need aerodynamics. Yeah, that's true. I guess if you're already in space, it doesn't matter. The The one thing that I want to ref- talk about this car is that it's, it's an automatic transmission, and that feels weird, right? Matt, that is also bit. in my notes. Like, it should be a manual. This should be a stick shift, but it's definitely like a 1995 Japanese car with an automatic transmission that they put some stuff on the side of. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love every part of it, but it really should have been a manual. Yeah, sorry. What my notes say is, in all caps, hold up, this thing is an automatic? Question mark, exclamation point. Because, yeah, that's insane. Like, I'm not even, like, a car guy car guy, although I do prefer a manual. It's insane that this is an automatic. Like, that's a that's a criminal crime. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I guess we'll see if next week the episode is written by Yoshio Urasawa or if he had to go to prison for this crime. Yeah, so... Uh, and then, like, a symbol appears on the hood of the car. I assume it's, like, the car I mean, the car ranger symbol. It's a big letter C, so yeah, I assume so. Yeah. So, uh... uh he does shout, don't underestimate me as the car flies away. It's ex- yeah. it's it's great. They jump It's very good. In. There's a beautiful uh, oh. moment with Signal Man. Uh, uh, real quick, the car does, like, there's, like, this energy thing... That like goes over his shoulder, and then it becomes the seatbelt because the car oh, realizes yeah, that's that great... he needs to be safe and puts the seatbelt on him. So uh, there's a moment they're flying over Signal Man, and Signal Man's like, "Hey, they're flying without permission!" And then he stomps. He's like, "Wait a minute, the sky is not my jurisdiction. Like, someone else will deal with that." And then Lots he just goes back to Dave. What is what is Signal Man's jurisdiction? Because he specifically says the sky of the earth is not my jurisdiction. It's like, I wait, think what what of the earth is your jurisdiction? You just showed up here and decided you were police. Well, I think it's tra- like if you're on the road, like if you're on the road, that's traffic and signal man is in charge. Okay. If you're in space, then you're on like the space roads and then that's also traffic and he's in charge. But if you're like on a planet but not in traffic on the planet, I think... That's not 
So presumably if they were like a submarine, Second Old Man would also not be concerned. I mean, I guess that's fair. So, uh... So we go from there, we go to this warehouse, and the car, the blue car, the dragon one, is all chained up, and uh, Naoki is also chained up, and they are adv- the bad guys are advancing on the car to, like, disassemble it, and Naoki, like, kind of busts out, and right. he breaks and, and his chains, not, and he... They're not trying to disassemble it with, like, wrenches. They have chainsaws. Now, this is very useful, because Naoki is able to, like, maneuver himself into, like, getting his manacles cut by the chainsaw which is a risky maneuver but it pays off yeah i don't feel like it would in real life but whatever this is a show for kids um also you would not want to take a car apart with a chainsaw but now he like runs over and he's like defending the car like you know kind of you got to go through me first uh uh sort and the car honks real loud mm-hmm and cries. See, this is why I was saying that the cars definitely have eyes, because tears come out of the headlights. Yeah, tears, It does. so it does cry. Uh, and then there's an amazing, so red, so the red Pegasus, like, flies over the warehouse, and there's, like, a like it honks, and then the blue car honks, and then it, like, the blue car, like, now he gets in the blue car, I think, and then yes. the blue car, like, shoots, like, something off of its bumper, and it's, it's basically, it's, like, it's a, got a winch. Yeah, it's got, like, a giant grappling hook winch that it could launch, and it launches itself to the bumper of the red car, and, like, pulls itself out through the skylight, and then they're both flying through the air, uh, and then they all land, and Naoki and Kiyosuke have, like, rad car car buddies spirit car yeah dragon Kyos- pegasus friends Kyosuke now Kyosuke says like me and this car we're totally in sync and Noki says like yeah me and this car became very good friends okay let's do this yeah um so, <laughs> so the other three rangers are are already i forget why they, frankly because it's kind no, of immaterial like it has been a while since we've said this there's no explanation whatsoever the other three arrive fully henchmen they're like okay we're here where's it all happening i don't see them like there was no like maybe kiyosuke messaged them once he was like flying in the car maybe so the other three are fighting the bozok and then um uh kiyosuke and naoki arrive and the other three are just like whoa that's so cool those cars are amazing um, so, like, they're all blown away. And then there's just, like, a sick racing fight, basically. Yeah. Uh, Kyosuke does some really sick racing. Like, he does a, uh, what is, is it called a J-turn where you're driving in reverse and then, like, hit the brakes and turn real quickly. So, suddenly, now you're moving, like, you're maintaining momentum, but now you're driving forward. It might be. Uh, there's also he, something called, like, a bootlegger's hairpin or something. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't. I don't know car magic, so, but but Kiyosuke does that move, and everyone's like, "Oh right, he is good at driving." That's our Kiyosuke. Uh, yes, it is called the J Turn, Matt. Dave, do you remember that show? Did you ever see the like three episodes of it that ever existed? Uh, no, I don't know that I did. Okay, here is how the getaway worked. They either went to an abandoned town or built a small town in the desert. They had cops in cars driving patrols around this area. And they also had a stunt driver 
who also was driving through this town. The rules were that as soon as the stunt driver did some, like, did an illegal driving thing, the cops were allowed to start chasing him, but were not allowed to until that moment. And then the stunt driver had to, like, use stunt driving to get away from the real cops who were, like, the other participants in this show. Okay, that's amazing. It was uh, oh. super cool. I like. I've tried to find it on YouTube and have never been able to find something that's like high enough res to be enjoyable to watch. But it oh. was really cool. So Matt, just real quickly, the uh, it is a moonshiner's turn is a J turn. Okay, it's the same thing. So right on. Well, we're both right. Congratulations to us and to cars and to magic. Nice car magic. Uh. <laughs> What other what other magic is there ultimately? So um so basically like everybody's blown away and then uh the Pegasus car unleashes its cool move, which is called Pegasus Final Burning. Mm-hmm. And then uh and then like that's that's basically it. Um yeah, the, like, the, there is a bit where the, the blue car like shoots the winch again to hold WW Warcho in place. So that Pegasus oh, yeah. can hit it with Pegasus final burning. It's a cool combo um, move. Yeah, but like there's no there's no giant fight. Um that's that's pretty much it. Where WWE yeah. goes down to Pegasus final burning. Uh, um, we, we we do get they name the cars. Oh yeah. They are, they are named Pegasus Thunder and Dragon Cruiser. Which I like a lot. And which then, actually uh, those and those names were kind of carried over into the um the Power Rangers. Not exactly. But in the Power Rangers Turbo, these cars were called uh, Storm Blaster and Lightning Cruiser. So they, they at least carried like a like so, the, so like one word out of four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like almost identical. Glad you glad you brought that up, Matt. Hey, listen, they carried over a full twenty five percent of something from the Sentai into Power Rangers Turbo. That might be the most they've ever done. <laughs> Um, so, so then we get our last scene and, uh, they're just having a campfire where they're like burning the tree that has all the, uh, all the wishes on it because like, I assume a, it is traditional to do so and B, they're like, ah, Kyosuke got his wish and he's like, now he's a great driver. So, and that's it. So hooray. That is the end of the episode. But Dave, of course, this is not the end of our episode because first we need to determine how WW Water Joe fares in the Creature Royale. Well, okay. He's in kind of a funky spot because I like his vibe and he's got a very, very cool look. But he's got a good he's got a good like two part gimmick. He's a cool bird guy who also has a jetpack, so he's got a lot of like neat flying stuff happening, but he's also like a miner and has special equipment and abilities for mining, and I think that's neat. And I also like that President Gynamo was like, man, you had something in an asteroid, and he immediately knew how to delegate that task to the right person, and he sent it to WWRHO, their greatest miner. Yeah, now, the things that are working against him is that, like, in the episode itself, like, he, he gets the cars free... And then basically, like, it's a driving-centric episode because they've got these rad cars. So in the actual monster fights, he's basically, a, he's he's not present. 
No, but here here is a sort of an X factor thing that I think I brought up a while ago, and I keep forgetting to talk about as we're doing this. The X factor to this is that, like, yes, WW Show does not get a lot to do, and he dies at the end of the episode. We've had a lot of char- a lot of monsters like that in Car Ranger so far, but WW Show is a character who I wish we had another episode with. Okay. I think that yeah, that's a very good that's a very good point. I would have liked to have seen more of this guy. Right. Now we we didn't, right? So like we can't give him too much credit for that. But, no, I, but do, I, I think there's something to be said. He had a lot of upside and like he didn't get to do it all, but I feel like we should take that into account. Okay, so I feel like our best our easiest spot to start with is spot number fifty five, Kame Tachi the Sickle Weasel, uh, because he also has a jetpack. Yeah, I think that's a good starting point. Now, Kamantachi the Sickle Weasel had another jetpack. Might have had a similar jetpack. Um, Kamantachi the Sickle Weasel was not... He did not unleash a legendary duo of magical cars from space. But he did team up with the uh, flowery Kunoichi Gumi. Did I say mm-hmm. that right this time? You did. You would think that I would have been able to say it right one time while we were doing Cocker Ranger. I feel like you I get did. It right you did. We made a big now. deal out of it. Um, he he teams up with them, and he also like transforms school children into monsters, and that was creepy and bad, but also cool because the kids were okay at the end. So, uh, spot number five is Kamei Tachi the Sickle Weasel. I'm sorry, spot and number five? 55, 55, sorry. Okay. 55 is Kamei Tachi. And spot number 69 is Lieutenant Shiryu, which I think he also kind of has that X factor of, I really would have liked to have seen more of him. Mm-hmm. Now, man, you know who would have been good in this episode? Is Max, the King of Speed. He would have been very good in this episode. Yeah, Max the King of Speed is at number 74. WWE Warcho is not as cool as Max the King of Speed. No, 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 no. He definitely isn't. So I'm kind of going down the list and... Okay, further down the list, we've got P.P. Rapa at number 123. Uh, So uh, P.P. Rapa was the guy who had, like, numbers powers. Yeah. And Numbers Powers was cool, and he looked pretty neat, but, like, I had definitely seen enough of him by the end of the episode. So I yeah, like, like I, was, I was good. I like W.W. Warcho more than P.P. Rapa, but I feel like the people right above him were not going to get too far above. Because at, like, number 116, we have Leech Drill, and he got no. very small, and that was good. That, that was very cool. No, I think we can cut it off at uh, Vacuum Dimension, honestly. Vacuum, I don't because right above Vacuum Dimension is Tengu, and Tengu is like actually like pretty cool. Tengu is um, pretty good. Vacuum Dimension also stole people's love, and that was weird and interesting. That's also weird and awesome. And that was also an episode where a guy like befriended a little girl who was like had a weird relationship with her sister, and that was great. Okay, so are we going to say with the new one twenty? Yeah, the new 120. That is where... All right, there you go, WW Oricho. You are... 120 sounds really low, but don't forget that at this point, the list is like 160-something long. So, so yeah, even 120 is like top. Anyways, but Matt, that is going to do it. 
Yes, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or uh, check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Dave, iTunes is going away. You hear that? I, like, I did not hear that. Not only is it actually called Apple Podcasts, and I should have been saying that the whole time, but iTunes itself is going away, so I'm really going to have to stop saying that at some point. But for today, just give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars, please. Don't just give us a rating. Give us the good one. Give us a good rating. Yeah, don't waste, don't waste your time with those lesser ratings. You're better than that, and we're better than that. And I think we all deserve a little more. Dave... Uh, the Retrograde, uh, I'm sorry, the Super Sunday Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to all of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Good episode.